and welcome to the Man About Town podcast. I had the idea of doing a podcast like this for a little bit over a year now, and the theme will be I will have local business owners come on and tell us uh, about their business, how they got started, why they chose to open up the business that they're in, um, give some pointers or suggestions for people that might be interested in starting their own business. And it will be a very informal, laid-back conversation, and it will go wherever the, the conversation takes us. Like I said, I've been kicking around this idea for a while now, and I've been pretty hesitant uh, to get started. And I would like to thank my buddy Angelo for constantly pushing me and telling me to just get out there and, and do the podcast. Um, Angelo has his own podcast, Better Than Yesterday podcast, and he's been... Um, it's probably my favorite podcast. I listen to every episode, and he makes jokes about it on the podcast sometimes. Anyway, he's been uh, very helpful and and encouraging, and uh, finally nagged me enough that I decided to actually do it. The first guest I have on is uh, a guy named Ingemar, and he owns a detailing business right in Westchester. I've used. I've had a couple cars detailed there. I'm a repeat customer of his, and he's an all-around great guy. Um, I'd like to give a special thanks to Ingemar for being the first person to come on the podcast. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. You might be able to tell I, I kind of have a, uh, lost my voice, just got back from Europe. I must have picked up something along the way there. Um, I'm super tired, uh, but I promised Ingemar to get this podcast out as soon as I could. And again, I ran Angelo this morning and he's like, dude, when's the podcast coming out? So um, here it goes. Again, thank you for listening. First episode with Ingemar from PPM Detailing. All right. I'm here with Ingemar Centurion from PPM Detailing. He's uh what up, what up? He owns a uh, car detailing business in the beautiful town of Westchester, PA. So, um, Ingemar, it's a unique name. What's your nationality? So I'm actually Latino, but my name is Scandinavian. And uh, my mom picked it after, uh, it was, a, I think, a Norwegian god. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she, she wanted something strong and... Uh, you know, it makes it really hard to order a pizza, but, you know, <laughs> I love having a unique name, you know, yeah. so I usually don't go by a nickname. I just go by Ingemar, you know. That's how it should be. Cool <laughs> yeah. name. All right. So you own PPM Detailing. How did you get into detailing cars? It kind of fell on my lap, you know, like a lot of us, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put on a front and say I had all the answers up front, but. Um, you know, I was working a what felt like a dead end job in sales. You know, selling gym memberships, and um, you know, I've always wanted to do something for myself. You know, so I just kind of picked a profession. You know, I liked cars, and uh, grabbed a, a power washer and a vacuum from Home Depot, and just like started going to people's houses and started a business. You know, and just kind of had faith in it. You know, so you had like no formal background training or anything you just I eventually did I eventually did but um you know I learned as I went along 
And, um, you know, I, I didn't take on any projects that were kind of out of my means, but I did get trained for, uh, you know, some of the more skilled aspects of the job. And uh, I flew out to Ohio, flew out to Colorado, and, um, you know, I got professionally trained and then just kind of started adding more to the repertoire. Nice. So. Yeah, and I do see your yeah, yeah. communications on yeah, the wall yeah. here. So, you know, I'm not just a guy that went on YouTube and just, you know, calls myself a professional. You know, I invested thousands, literally thousands of dollars in my education, you know, so I, I take pride in that. And in full disclosure, I have had multiple cars detailed by you, so I'm going to repeat yeah. the customer, so I, <laughs> yeah. I can speak See? for your uh, quality of your, of your work. Yup, yup, so, appreciate mean, that, you're appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, sweet, so you started just going like two people's houses or? Yeah, yeah, I, um, I was a mobile detailer, I actually stole the idea, I had an employee that worked under me, and one day he up and quit, and he said, hey man, just to let you know. This is nothing personal, but I was only ha I only had this job to get enough money to fix my mobile detailing truck to get back operational, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, good luck. You know, we we're still cool to this day." But then I was like, "Mobile detailing, like I feel like anybody could go, you know." So it was just a very, very low overhead startup, you know, just a couple hundred bucks, get some machines and, you know, a power washer and just. You know, I pretty much hooked it up to people's water supply and their, their outlets at their home. So I didn't need a generator. I didn't need a water tank. And everyone was cool with that. So I was like, we're in business. And uh, actually, I after a month of doing that, I just quit my job and just had full faith in uh, just living off of that. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you said you still talk to that guy. Does he still do detailing? I think so. I think he actually went into construction, but I don't know. I think he might have disbanded that he said it wasn't his passion so it's kind of <laughs> ironic and here i am you know i just kind of evolved into a whole different you know machine here with you know the direction i took the business yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. um and so when i first met you you were in a different location than we are now mm -hmm. uh, when did you start when did you open up that physical that uh like retail location that was uh at the end of the pandemic so, or I'm sorry, towards the end of 2020. So, yeah, I was just, um, it kind of fell on my lap too. My buddy sent me a Facebook marketplace listing of this bay at a, at a car wash, you know, the buggy bath. Yep. And I jumped on it right away. And uh, there was no heat, no AC, no bathroom. <laughs> it was just a place to grind it out, you know, and, and move on to the next spot. So that's, that's what we did. But yeah, that, you know, that's, that's how we met. So it's crazy. So then, you you quickly grew out that grew outgrew that location. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. That wasn't that long ago, and you're already in your second spot. Yeah, yeah. It um, I was dying to get out of there. You know, it was it, it served its purpose, but you know that's that's part of the whole bigger picture. Is just you know success is just progressively you know realizing a worthy ideal. You know, just just growing and taking those steps, you know, and just moving forward. But right. it's easy to get complacent, you know. That's I think that's the biggest enemy is is just being average, you know, because you can get to a point where you can live and you can, sustain, you know, just sustain off of that. But that's not why I do it, you know. You just got to keep thinking big and, and um, you know, just have that fight-or-flight response, you know. Just 
whether you know that's that's what differentiates you from those who make it and, and who don't make it you know just having that instinct to just you know keep moving forward and 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 just don't you know don't even consider failure as an option yeah that's a good point because i think and i forget what the statistics are but like the odds are totally stacked against mm-hmm. you when you want to start and open up your own business and i believe the majority of them fail oh my god so, <laughs> you're you're right and i think that's i think that ignorance is going to be on your side in that sense because you listen to statistics and and sometimes people close to you like you know that'll that'll influence you in a bad direction but luckily i was i i never think about it i never think about the statistics i just <laughs> i just kind of blindly have optimism so i think that's i think that's partially beneficial you know what yeah. i mean but you got to just kind of not you kind of have to be ignorant and just not think about some of those things you know the negative things yeah and i listen to a bunch of podcasts all kind of all different topics and lately it seems like the trend in, in the podcast that I'm listening to mm-hmm. is about um, your mental your mental approach and positive thinking and how that really does play a big part in either like your health, your success. Like if you're if you're constantly telling yourself I can't do this or mm-hmm. I can't do this or whatever, then you are. But if you're like my 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 oldest daughter, she she says like Dad, you just gotta like manifest good things and then it'll happen. <laughs> That's but, awesome. I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. In a way, I mean, you can't like manifest. You want to have a successful business and just sit around all day thinking about it. That's not right. Gonna right. You got put in the work, but you're you're totally right. I think um, you have to have your heart and your mind to it, and it's so easy to go on autopilot. I mean, I know you're a fitness guy, and I'm sure that at some point you or anyone listening to this has hit a lull where you're you're at the gym, you're showing up. But sometimes you just hit that stagnating point and you're like, why isn't this going how it was like when I first started? Or you think of that like highest motivational point and you just have to be proactive and, and present, you know, right. you have to be present in that. And, um, and like you said, you have to manifest it. You have to constantly keep that, that idea in your mind, you know, because you, um, your thoughts dictate your actions, your, acti- your actions dictate your habits and your habits dictate, you know, the trajectory of your life. Yep. So, do you? How do you get the word out about PPM detailing? Like, do you do any marketing? I know you have social media. Um, yeah. But is it strictly word of mouth, or like, how do you? How do you? Super, super out? organic. I um. I I hardly market. You know, I I could probably add up in my head how much money I've ever spent marketing. But um, I come from a sales background where I did business to business sales and a lot of um, cold calling, kind of like old school guerrilla marketing. So that's just kind of like, I, I would say that's my strength is like anyone I shake hands with and no matter what social situation, if you know my name, you know what I do, you know? And if you follow me on social media, I'm talking about it, you know, like I have to, you know, especially as being an owner of something, you got to be your best salesperson. You have to be your best representative. You don't even have to be the best employer, the most skilled, but you have to be the person that's responsible for that image. So I just, no matter where I go, what social media platform, I'm in your face about it. And I have no, no, uh, 
apologies, you know, because I got to be in your face or I don't eat, you know, and that's, and uh, I'm here to serve people and, and, you know, the local community, but hey man, if, if I get annoying, then you're not my target market. I got to, got to keep it pushing. I mean, I've known you for a couple of years. I don't, I don't think you're annoying. Okay. <laughs> I try to be, you know, I try to not be obnoxious, but you know, I'm consistent. Maybe consistent is a better word for that, you know? Yeah, definitely consistent because like I said, I see your... I see your posts on Instagram all the time and it's like, it's, it's, I mean, you're not like bragging, you don't even really talk to any of them. It's you mm-hmm. just show the cars that you're detailing mm-hmm. and, the, and the before and after, you know, the, the, the results of your, of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I had my car in here, he had another guy, a younger guy helping you. Is he still? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's here. Uh, he's a senior in, in, uh, Westchester and he's a grinder man he he hustles and uh it's actually a crazy did I tell you how I met him no nah. well I uh I ordered DoorDash and and he came in and he liked the car that he saw and I said yo man like you, you want a job like you, looking, <laughs> you know anyone looking for a job and he was like yeah I might so I gave him my card the guy texted me back the next day he said you know hey is that still up on the table and I said yeah come in tomorrow at 10 and the guy's just been grinding here, you know, every week, you know, at least four to five days a week. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you've you've got another person working for you. So yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely growing. You have a bigger space here. I know, again, last time I had my car here, there was, we had to maneuver a couple cars around to get, <laughs> yeah. to get mine in. So, so that's yeah. good. And um, that same time, you had one of the new Genesis in here. Is that like... Do you get business from car dealers in the area as well? Um, you know what? Sometimes I have actually paid a couple of visits to some local businesses. Like I said, like the business to business aspect, even someone that someone in my industry might consider a competitor. And I just walk in there and introduce myself anyway. And uh, for instance, this great place called Bang Hearts, shout out to Bang Hearts over on the, they do a uh, custom uh custom stuff for audio, you know, for cars like audio, but, uh, man, they, they had a window tinner and they don't offer it anymore. So, um, they've been sending me tons of people and then, you know, the word spreads and uh, I've built some relationships with dealerships, but my market is very specific. So I'm not always looking for like fleets or like high volume stuff. It's more like specialty niche work, you know, like the ceramic coatings, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, what is, what was your, what's the, what's the, your favorite car that you've detailed so far? Oh my God. Um, I got to give a shout out to my boy Rico. Uh, he does uh, Amazon automation. He's a serial entrepreneur, but man, he's brought me all his cars. And I got to say the Lamborghini Huracan. And he has an SVJ, which is pretty much more than double the price of that. But that Huracan, man, that is just a work of art. You know, it's that, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't think a lot of people get the chance to sit in a Lamborghini, let alone move it around and drive it and stuff like that. But, man, you get in there and, uh, man, and that it's a really hard choice, but I'm making it simple. But these these are just like masterpieces of cars you know and it's honestly awesome to work on them it's really it's really neat you know um i'll get i'll get mine one day but that's (laughs) that's the that's the mentality but 
as of right now, it's honestly awesome to work with those kinds of cars. Do you ever get nervous like detailing the high-end car like that? You know, it's so second nature now that I'm like, I hate to say it, I'm going to detail a Prius the same way I do like a, a, you know, an Aston Martin in a sense with the amount of care that I put in. But yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. Like you, you got to, you got to make sure to take those extra steps. But um, that's the thing, you know, I, I worked my way up slowly to this and uh, I wasn't working on a lot of cars like this when I first started. So I feel like I've earned my position right. and uh, I'm definitely calm and, and collected with them. So a matter of you know experience and that's a good way that's a good way of going about it and it, i think it tells the people um you know about you and that you didn't just when you started you wouldn't say if someone calls hey i got this lambo or ferrari to detail you wouldn't do it because you weren't ready to do that yet and then you want to mess it up and then yeah <laughs> ruin your name yeah i uh i definitely yeah i i think that there have been some projects where I had to respectfully turn them down and just be like, I'm not qualified to do this. So I think that was just a respect and, and also for liability, you know, you don't want to just stretch yourself, you know, out and just be like, I'm just going to keep my interests in mind. Yeah. You know, I got to, this is like the bigger picture here. I'm in this for the long run. So definitely, <laughs> definitely not going to, you know, and, and I think at the beginning I didn't have insurance. So, I, you know, you, you, don't think about those things, yeah. but it's important. So did you did you have to take the, the Lamborghini out on the two or two or anything? Oh no, no. I don't even think I don't even think I would accept I don't know <laughs> if I could accept that. <laughs> I uh you know, just I trust my driving. I don't trust other people on the road. You know, I could be yeah, sitting at a stoplight, someone just decides to rear end me, you know, I'm I'm done. But yeah. um I've gotten to drive, you know, some some cars and uh definitely definitely uh it's part, it's like the benefits of the trade, I guess, you know, um, couple Genesis and, uh, some other cars, some, you know, I've driven some Porsches, you know, I've driven, um, GT four is a considerable distance and man, that it is just motivating, man. Like, I feel like if you're a car guy or car girl and you need some motivation, something to work harder, just getting one of those, just rent one or go to the track <laughs> and man, you're like, who would I, you know, who do I got to be to drive something like this? It's the best feeling. Yeah, I would. Um, I would be nervous if I were just like pulling it in and out of the of the bay here. Oh man! I, <laughs> wouldn't pull my, I wouldn't even pull my car in, in here. I yeah, I don't care if I do a thirty six point turn. I'm not. I'm not risking. <laughs> yeah, but but you start to get. I feel like doing it every day. You get that confidence. Yeah. And my one customer was like, "Damn, you pull that in GTA style, you know?" <laughs> and I'm like whipping his car in the in the shop, you know, just from being used to it, but. Definitely, definitely got to be careful. Does anyone ever bring you like a car that someone else detailed or that someone else messed up the uh, the paint? Oh my on god! There? Couldn't even count on my hands. You know how many times that's happened. It's uh, you know, especially no offense, a lot of uh, dealerships, things like that. Um, you know, and and a lot of them do their due diligence. They'll send it out to someone else, or they'll have someone come in. But man, if you if you buy a brand new car or you buy a, any any car in decent condition, do not let them clean it or prep it at the dealership if you have any control over it, because they are going to they're spending the least amount of money, the least amount of time, the least amount of labor, and getting that car sold. So save yourself a trip, 
that will lead you back to me, you know, because they'll they'll swirl your paint up, they'll they'll cover stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I'm somewhat of a car guy. I've always been in the cars, and um, I enjoy washing and cleaning my cars. And I know that to even brand, brand new cars, right from the dealer, like that paint is messed up already. Mm-hmm. Like you said there, there'll be swirl marks in it and stuff too. Yeah. It's brand new, right, right from the dealer. And again, to speaking from experience, I know I brought you my fine Italian, <laughs> my fine Italian luxury car in here, and uh, you had the in, uh, detail of the interior, especially because uh, it wasn't brand new; it was just two years old. And I don't know what happened in there, but <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the dealership they were you know drinking a coffee in there or something and, and threw just it all over threw the it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was terrible. It was so mad. Yeah, man. Um, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what's your favorite thing to do? Like as far as the de- aspect of detailing, what's your favorite? So I recently shifted more to uh, the window tinting side and the films. Um, so I think just adding those uh, auto customs kind of things like uh, chrome deletes. Uh, paint protection film like vinyl wrapping and, and the tint uh, I've, I've kind of like shifted my focus towards that and it's as enjoyable but um, as far as specifically detailing the paint correction I mean it's super rewarding you just it's something you can't even get a grasp on in pictures you know seeing it in person the depth of the glossiness of the paint I mean it's just like it just makes the car you know you know, some cars, you know, I don't care how much it costs, you know, a clean car, a well-presented, groomed car is just going to make a bigger statement than what car you're driving sometimes, you know. it's uh, It just really says a lot about the owner and it also, um, it, it's just like, a, it's kind of like art, you know, it's like a work of art when it all comes together. Yeah, I agree. Plus, like, if you're driving a nice, clean car, like I said, it doesn't matter what brand it is. If it's nice and clean, you feel better. You feel better about yourself when mm-hmm. you get in there. It's like I always, I, I kind of give my wife a hard time when her car gets a little bit dirty, and she's always like, "You should see some of the other women. You should see their cars." <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't be married to them if I was. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would be giving them a hard time when they, you know, I've seen some when they have McDonald's cups and trash oh in the God. car and goldfish crumbs. Ah, oh, I can't stand. It's that. really a reflection of what's going on in that person or in the owner's mind and like their current state of uh, their their life. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I would say that lightly. Like, yeah, I know that people are busy. Like, I get it. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm an auto detailer. Is my car always clean? Absolutely not. You know, it's it, it gets hectic. But just we spend so much time in cars. It's, you know, second to your home. And... It just, it makes a big difference in your life and you wouldn't even think about it. What was that statistic about things that are subliminal? It's like your brain can't even pick up like 95% like of, of things that are subliminal. Like the music you listen to, it's like your diet. Right. Like what you see, what you hear, what you feel, things that happen to you on a daily basis that you never even notice, but you can't even actually perceive it consciously, but it's affecting you on a daily basis on your psyche. So... I know that's pretty deep and that ties into other things, but how clean you keep the environment that you're in, like that's, that's huge. You know, that's why it makes such a big difference after you, you notice it. Yeah. And no offense to the wonderful moms out there driving (laughs) a car full of kids 
Um, we get it that you're busy and you might not even know if you, if you have a minivan, you might not be in the back row and there's food back there. And I don't know if they still do now, but I remember like seeing the commercial for a, the Honda minivan. It had like a vacuum built into it. It Wait, it really did? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I think it had like a vacuum built oh into God. the minivan. Oh That's God! Funny. Some horror stories there. Some <laughs> some things you see, man. Just, but um, yeah. It's I'm not I'm not gonna hear sit here and talk smack on my customers, you know. <laughs> but you know, we all we all got stuff going on, so yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Um. Speaking of diet, you just mentioned diet, and again, I, I follow you on social media and stuff, yeah. and we talk, and I see. You've been cooking up some delicious, oh man, <laughs> delicious steaks Dude. lately. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been on this huge kick where I'm uh, I'm really focusing on everything I put into my body, and it's just crazy how far you can go. I mean, from the packaging that things that food comes in that are toxic for you, to the way it's uh, cultivated, to what your food eats in terms of like if you're eating, you know proteins like you know uh, beef chicken fish um you know farm-raised salmon they're swimming in their own shit they're swimming in their own shit they they're eating a a grain-fed and corn-fed diet something that a fish would never naturally eat you know in its environment so it's it's actually the the salmon is supposed to be orange because it's diet but they dye it orange and it's uh you know when they when they actually slice them open they're white when it's farm-raised so atlantic salmon you know grass-fed, organic, no-hormone beef, milk, dairy, and um, even the water. I mean, I'm drinking out of a glass water bottle right now because of, you know, the BPA and plastics reduce your testosterone. It's been linked to cancer. Stuff you don't even think about. You think you could be healthy, and it's just in everything, and no one's talking about it. In our medication, our food, like, it's it's uh, there's no money in prevention, so they're just people are just okay with sweeping stuff in the rug and and keeping us sick, you know. I mean, you're kind of speaking my language now, and it's funny because I was just watching this podcast on YouTube last night, and the guy, the host, was drinking out of a glass bottle, and he was drinking Coke, and he's like reading the ingredients, and it's like pure cane sugar, and he's like, in the United States, like we we call this Mexican Coke, yeah, and he's like, if this is is made in Mexico. It comes in a glass bottle. It's probably cost. It's probably cheaper for Mexicans to buy than a bottle of soda is for us to buy. And it comes in plastic and same. What you just said, he's talking about the BPA and right. stuff in there, and it's like it's terrible. But like, do you have a passion for cooking too, or do you just? You know, I uh, my mom. She's been a vegetarian. You know, since she was probably. Uh, in her teens and then she eventually transitioned to veganism and although I don't totally agree with um, that diet and that lifestyle now I did try it previously but it kind of uh, expanded my horizons in terms of optimizing your health at least through your diet and um, I started bodybuilding when I was you know in my late teens in college and um, I had to cook you know if you start meal prepping you are forced to become a makeshift (laughs) cook and oh my god you're eating dry chicken dry beef like i had no clue my rice was just like soggy and i just ate it anyway and i looked great but eventually <laughs> one day i had a wake-up call i'm like i need to make this taste good you know i need to learn and then uh, i actually developed a little bit of a passion for cooking and it's just like 
it's therapeutic and like it just there's nothing healthier than just eating at home you know what i mean yeah you, you could have the same meal at a restaurant they've got margins they've got they're using seed oils they're using you know uh cooking techniques you don't know how cleanly it is whatever it is how they source their ingredients and just eating at home it's uh it's therapeutic it's healthier and it freaking tastes great and you know what i'm saying like yeah it does i hear you i'm the same way i love to cook i like to cook at home and uh, we talked about too like, <laughs> nothing like cooking up a nice steak in a cast iron pan <laughs> i'll cook over wood wood fire oh it's so good yeah there's there's nothing like it man like it's and and um especially as a, as a man, you know, just, just getting those, getting the right things in your body, you know, and I say as a man specifically, because, you know, there's a reason behind everything I eat and why I eat it. And a huge thing is testosterone, you know, like as a man, like I actually, I was watching something the other day that was talking, it was this doctor, his name's Dr. Eric Berg. And he was talking about how men actually don't, it's not actually normal for a man's testosterone to decline with age. And I feel like that's a common misconception. Yeah. It's like, oh, you get older, your testosterone falls to nearly the level of a female. But just think about real world examples of men you've met in the wild, right? Like you've met guys that like, you're like, damn, man, this guy is like, you know, he's, he's like supercharged. Like it doesn't look like he's ever skipped a beat. And he's probably, you know, three times my age. So I kind of believe it. And I think it's all linked to, uh, like reverting back to our diet and our lifestyle choices um and the things that our foods you know come packaged in and how they're cultivated like it just is slowly killing your endocrine system over time your hormones yeah and uh once once it starts crossing that line of like you know it's kind of like man i, I really got to double down and and you know to get a grip on this and i just don't think a lot of people know you know a lot of people just aren't educated and i think it's just, um, it's super overlooked, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think there's a reason why that you don't know. It's it's being suppressed. I agree. And yeah, I mean, but it's also like, think of the way society is now. Everything's instant, on the go, 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 mm -hmm. go. And it's like, if you want to, like you said, if you want to meal prep, if you want to cook at home, it takes time and now people feel like they don't have that time so it's more convenient to right stop at wherever and pick up pick and, up and that's the thing too it's like we we always paint this picture of like this big bad entity of oppression and, and things that like kind of make our decisions for us that are almost out of our control but if you really look at why these companies are so successful and why we live such unhealthy lifestyles is because it's exactly what we've been asking for. And you're voting on it with how you spend your money. Like right. you are promoting those fast chains, you know, those, those fast paced lifestyles because that's where the money's going. If the money wasn't in that industry, we wouldn't be here. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, it's a, it's actually just a, the market is just responding to people's real time needs and wants. And I think that, it's not necessarily even a lack of education sometimes because you know damn well you know the right thing to do most of the time <laughs> but you don't do it anyway or you don't do it because yeah. it's not convenient or you just try and ignore it but um luckily i think i think there's been a cultural shift at least in the positive direction of awareness 
um, but we're still 65%. I think it's like right, 65% obesity rate. So like, at least people are thinking about it though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, True. it's not a taboo thing. Yeah. And again, like you said, it takes dedication and work to make healthier choices and, and not get the fast food. And I guess that brings us full circle back to, um, I guess, do you have any advice to people out there that are thinking about starting their own business? Like, yeah, have any? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, first off, go for it. Um, that's that's the first thing. You know, is is you've got to reach that. Mo- you've got to ride that motivational peak, right? Because there's that law of diminishing return, where the longer you wait um, to to do something the less interesting it becomes and the less likely you are to do it. So number one is go for it. You know, it's a short life. Um, you, you know, especially while you're young, there's, what do you have to lose? You know, just, just risk it because I know it's cliche and you hear it all the time, but um, it's really that simple. It's not complex. I think it's very simple. You need to go for it. You need to start. And, um, and obviously, and, and, and secondarily is that um, you have to have that, that mentality and I just I genuinely don't believe that everyone's cut out for it and I think that that's why these are desirable lifestyles and things that people go into to go to business for but I don't think everyone's capable of it but you have to have that that fight-or-flight aspect to yourself because some people when they reach that 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 wall or that adversity they, they either give up or they keep going and those are just constant situations you're put in that you just have to keep going and you have to overcome those obstacles. And this isn't anything no one else, you know, everyone's heard this before, but go for it and just don't give up. And like, it's that, it's that simple. It really is. And then you'll get where you want to go. All right, Ingemar. Appreciate you taking the yeah, time to talk to me tonight. Got uh, people, if you need your car detailed, Look up PPM Detailing. I'll post his uh, social media links. Um, and again, I'm a repeat customer, so I can definitely uh, speak for the, the quality of work that Ingemar does, and his prices are great, too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mike. appreciate uh, being here. Thanks for having me, and uh, I hope to be back. All right. Yeah. All right. That wraps up the first episode of the Man About Town podcast. Thanks for listening, and again, a special thanks to Ingemar for being the first guest. If you're interested in getting your car detailed, I will post links to Ingemar's social media and contact information. I highly suggest you reach out to him, get your car detailed. We're looking brand new. Thanks for listening, and I'm very excited because i got a couple other people lined up already, and they are some of my favorite businesses in Westchester area, so really looking forward to it having some discussions with those folks. Thanks, and have a great day.